Welcome to episode four of Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. It's been a big week for the show. We have a theme now, as you hopefully are about to hear, and we also have a Facebook page. You should probably like or follow or something. We're working on fixing some of the early audio kinks we've heard about, so hopefully all of our future episodes will sound as good as this one does. This week we have Dana Giordano, a Dartmouth grad and a runner for Tracksmith Harry C. She's a 434-miler and AA All-American and five-time HEPS champ. Our co-host is Cole Sanseverino, an Eastern Michigan grad and Tracksmith teammate of Dana's. We go real deep on some of the big subjects on this one. Uh, it's very different, and I hope you enjoy it. I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Welcome to episode four of Run Your Mouth, long round talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Melly. And I'm here with my co-host, Cole Sanseverino. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. (laughs) Should have asked that before we were uh, hot-miked. And I'm here with my guest, Dana Giordano. Hey, Dana. Hey, good morning. Before we get started, I have to give props where props are due. Uh, I totally left my laptop at home this morning, and Louis Serafini, tracks with manager, roommate extraordinaire, came through in the clutch and uh, brought it in for me. I'm feeling uh, sustained by Hearth Baking Co. The everything bagel scones are the greatest thing that's ever happened to my life. Um, And I cannot recommend them enough. And thank you guys for being here this Friday morning. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, so exciting to run on a podcast. It's, it's it's a real professional operation we got here. We got a theme song now. It's we're we're making moves. You hey, know? I got a lot of love for posting that I was on the podcast. Everyone's like, "What podcast are you on?" Well, you Can gotta share get the this, link. Get your followers. You know, listening up. We had um, people really liked the Johnny Phillips episode because it was weird and funny. So, All right. no pressure. Pressure's on. I didn't, I didn't listen to that one. So. He talked about Nair. So I think if we talk about Nair. Plus one, we might have him beat. Yeah, that's true. Or you know, we we really have expanded the the key. We always joke is like we we talk about burritos in every episode, and leg shaving. And so is Cole, are you a leg shaver? Um, I was a collegiate leg shaver, and I have been growing my leg hair out for the past seven years now. So. <laughs> Can you braid it yet? Or? Just waiting for that good race where it'll all come off. You know, I'm racing New England's this weekend, so maybe I, I will go grab a, a, a razor and get it, get it done on Friday night. The eyes keep going to Megan, so I don't know if that's actually going to happen. <laughs> I need some approval. <laughs> Cole and I are racing this weekend. Against um, one another. Yeah, potentially against one another twice. It's going to be fun. It will be. All right, speaking of racing... Um, this week in running, it's, I guess, hard to even think back to last weekend at this point, because we're recording on a Friday, but, uh, did you have any favorite races from this past weekend, Dana? So last weekend was Valentine. Valentine in the, in the Grand Prix. Yeah, so, you know, I, I want to say that Cesarek's feat was my favorite, but he did delay the women's 3K by 25 minutes. So I'm having a hard time with that one. 
You hate to see that. But, you know, I think you deserve a victory lap <laughs> if you run sub 350. A 25-minute victory lap? <laughs> you know, it was pretty impressive. I didn't get to see it. I don't, think, I don't think it was 25 minutes. I think they were lit up already. the track. Yeah, that was a, that was fun to watch. I've never been so excited for a one-person race, that's for sure. <laughs> it was, uh, so they had two rabbits, and basically they ran as fast as they could, and there was only one finisher, right? Big yeah. Chess. Yeah, they... I heard a rumor, stops. seeing as that I was warming up at the time, that he ran a lap at pace before the race. <laughs> So Good. technically, you're in a 2K at what could be a world record pace. Well, yeah. t- well, not it's only one lap, so it'll be an 18. Oh, lap, and we're, yeah. we're still in indoor. Still in indoor, and I guess you know, are you counting the elapsed time? So he ran an 1800 in like five minutes, you know. I mean, I'm gonna take credit for Chaz's success because he's from he's obviously from New Jersey. Jersey baby. So. And then he doubled the next day and ran 7:38. That was. That that was ridiculous. That was the moment where you realize, like, oh, yeah, he's he's the real deal. He's not messing around. Skechers is the real deal. <laughs> was that yeah. your favorite race, Cole? Uh, hands down. I think that oh, the overall performance of just him being in Boston and running those two races combined is, I mean, that's a double that I've I've never seen. Yeah, he's a he's a charming guy too. He was like. Talking to the fans, someone said he was up in like the coach's booth afterwards, chatting, chatting with people. I think um, he's, a, he's definitely a star in the making. I mean, if he gets his U.S. and U.S. citizenship, would, game over. That would be nice. Join the uh, join the army. See what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's been here forever, so like, I mean, I'm not an immigration lawyer, but <laughs> I feel know, like he's earned it. At I this think point. that topic could take over the entire podcast. That's true. Um, I, I will say my favorite, speaking of stars in the making versus established stars, uh, I really liked seeing uh, Jenny Simpson's annual indoor race. Didn't get to watch it in person, but she's just so unstoppable um, when it comes to getting it done when it counts. We saw her on the river the next morning. It was the best moment of my life, as is well documented. I'm a big Jenny Simpson fan. Putting the call out there, if anyone can get her on this podcast, I will mm-hmm. owe you one forever. I used but to have her New Balance shoe when it, she was Jenny Jenny B, Jenny, Jenny Barringer shoe. Yeah, that's she's she's great. She's just so and uh, on the river too. She like waved to everyone and said hi. She's very friendly. What are you excited for for this weekend? USA is coming up. Anything on your radar? Yeah, it's kind of strange timing with USA's this year being so early because indoors is obviously earlier than usual I'd like to see you know someone break up that Bowerman squad in the women's 1500 I think there's a lot of dark horses in there and people have been working in the shadows so I think that'll be a really hot race what about you Cole? you know I'm uh so I'm I'm not from out here you know, on the <laughs> east coast I'm from the midwest and uh my college uh, conference was the Mac, and there's a rising star in the 800 named Clayton Murphy. And, you know, you might <laughs> know him. You might know him as the uh, the world uh, or is that Olympic bronze medalist? Olympic in the, bronze yeah, medalist. and so he went to school in Ohio, and I'm excited to see him. He has not run a good race yet in a uh, Oregon Project jersey, so I'm hoping to uh, see him beat Donovan Brazier at um, out in New Mexico. I'm always excited to see Clay Clay, but that's for other reasons. 
I was um, at Milrose, and I was with two friends. We we actually actually became friends then. Like we're all internet people. I would like to say so. Me and Chris, Chris Chavez met in person, and we're like, all right. Slint his DMs, you know. Finally. No, we actually have a mutual friend. In real life. In real life. Oh. But we played a game for every race at Milrose where we picked horses and pick who would win each race. It's the Penn Relays classic. You yeah. show up to, I would go to Penn Relays and there's like the 40 heats of 4x4s four and you just pick a color every time. And I pick Clayton and just, uh, he, I lost big. Yeah, he, uh. I owe a couple beers from that one. So PV is just training through Milrose that's, for USA. That's the NLP thing. That, well, Craig Engel's notwithstanding. That's like the NLP thing. Remember the when Centro won gold, he ran like trash that whole summer. Cause he was like just training so hard, and then like came through and accounted. So mm -hmm. that that's a good dark horse pick for this weekend. Yeah, and and it's crazy to call him a dark horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But a lot it, can happen. On I mean, eight hundred meters with four laps, it's messy out there. Oh yeah, tactics so important. And being big, be just being a big person <laughs> and indoor, I feel like half the time, that's, that's half the battle. I'm excited for the 1500. I always love, um, love seeing that. That's like my favorite distance to watch. Just cause it's like the perfect race for like anything can happen. Um, speaking of NOP, see how Craig, uh, you know, carries the rebranded mantle of, uh, like the Oregon project. Cause He's, he just ran a 353 last yep. weekend. He's... Uh, character, that's for sure. Uh, he was, I was on the infield, and he, like, with 100 meters to go, stuck his tongue out at his coach as he was kicking, and it, I, I definitely was wary of him at first, and I, he's growing on me a little bit, and I, I definitely appreciate colorful uh, stars in, in our sport, because I think a lot of times professional running's really boring. <laughs> It's yeah, you need some personality in there. It's like the Usain Bolt personality of the 1500. Well, speaking of professional running being boring, let's uh, transition out of this, uh, this you know, clearly expert level preview um, into this week's theme. Um, Dana, can you explain to us what hustle season is? Yes, so I think that the working world and running life is messy and it's really hard to be on all the time so I just had a lot of fun this fall of like digging my heels in and just trying to get fit in a way that last year I struggled with a lot so it kind of felt as if you were hustling and trying to do your best in everything you're doing at the same time having some fun with it making fun of yourself and then getting fit so that was kind of the Mindset of the fall, I really thought it was going to end, but then I took a tumble, and uh, we're still hustling. Still, always hustling, you know? That's definitely, I've definitely had those periods of training where you feel like, it's like the good, the like manic feeling of like, you're firing on all cylinders, you don't know if you can sustain it, but it's just, it's, it's both fun and stressful and exciting. <laughs> it's mentally draining, I think we can all agree with that. Um, and so this is your first full year out of college then? This, is, this will be my second year. So when I graduated, uh, it was kind of an interesting time. And I think a lot of people who transition to professional running, you're like, how did that person get a contract versus this person? It's very much about the timing. So I got a really big PB. I dropped nine seconds in two weeks in the 1500. 
I got third at NCAA is right when I was out, and then I uh, was the first person out of the Olympic trials, but I was on the top of the world, I graduated, I did a Southeast Asia trip, and I was kind of done with running, I was like, that was great, you know, it was really hard, and uh, David can probably speak this too, like running at a school like Cornell or Dartmouth, it's a really different experience than some other places where it takes a lot out of you to dedicate all the time you need to to be ready and be good at it. And I felt as if I needed to give some of that time back to other interests I might not even know I had. So I really took the summer of just enjoying time with the family. And I had a coach that kind of met a lot of people in my life, honestly, the past year and a half, be like, you got to do this. And those people I respect a lot because it's so hard to believe in yourself and think, all right, do I want to do a sport that is so mean to you and has the highest of highs, but also like really long, low periods. And I always struggled with the grind of training. I love workout days, always my favorites, but long runs, just really hard to get behind. So yeah, this coach kind of like lifted me up and got me into training and I don't even think I really started consistently training until this fall. Like it took almost a year of like popping in and out to realize that it's something I want to do for myself versus because other people said I should. Should let the record show that you still PR in the mile last summer when you were quote not consistently training. <laughs> um, but I will say I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I remember we uh, we didn't really know each other at the time, but I remember after your NCAA's. Someone was interviewing you, and they were like, oh, what are your plans? Are you going to go pro? Are you going to, like, continue running? What's the deal? And you were just like, yeah, I don't know. I want to take six months to just, like, be a person. And that's when I was like, this girl's cool. This girl gets it. <laughs> it's having that perspective. It's, it's like, I would say, like, running is the second worst thing after not running. <laughs> like, it's so hard sometimes, but it's just when it's you have those moments when just everything seems worth it and you're like, oh, oh, this is why. Like, this is why I do it, you know? Yeah. And I think just senior year, you have a lot of people, everyone has, has their jobs lined up, they're getting excited for the next thing. And I was like, I, I'm so excited to try to lean into all the stuff that I couldn't do. And I definitely tried uh, to keep a balance of fun and at school and definitely took advantage of that. I mean, my coach and I have a very candid relationship where he's like, yeah, you definitely, we were kind of more of a school that you'd train hard and then after a race, you'd let us some steam. And I was kind of like, I just, I don't want to say no to anything this year. Like, I want to do everything. But when I get to the line, I can't think, oh man, I don't feel so good because like I'm the excuse of that I skied for four days. You know, it's like. It's hard to find that balance. I think like, especially if you've gotten so good by, like, really throwing 100% into everything. Like, I know that was, for me, getting really good over the course, like, getting a lot better over the course of college was great and, like, really rewarding. But then when I, like, when I came out and sort of, like, was just running kind of the same times, a little slower, like maybe getting like some like small PRs and soft events, but not that same like improvement curve. You do have that moment of just like, 
am I, am I getting in the way of just moving on with my life? Should I just leave it all behind? But it's, it's been, you know, every time, what's the like word? Like every time I think I'm out, it pulls me back in or something like that. And for you too, like you were running the steeplechase. How often not in college in the Northeast can you find a steeplechase well, that's or even to practice over the barriers, you know. And then I think your Instagram name is pretty misleading. <laughs> you have to change it. I know. I I've thought about this. The problem I. This, I think we should take a poll. This is a like a you know come to come to Jesus moment because for me, there's I don't know. This is probably the year when when it will be decided if the steeple comeback happens because. Um, I have a couple of training partners right now who are also steeplechasers, so I'm thinking about something together in the spring. That would be interesting. Um, I've always sort of had that feeling of like, well, I ran really good in the steeple, really well in the steeple, <laughs> and I, I don't want to come back and sort of just like run mediocre times because it's such a technical event and one where you really have to be put so much in to get the benefits out. Um, so I always said, like, if I, if I ever get to the, back to the point where I'm, like, really confident I'm in potentially personal best shape, that's when I would return to the steeples, so. I want to talk about that for a second. Okay. Like, racing when you're not ready. Yeah. And I think last year, I raced super infrequently, and I was, even to this fall, I raced super infrequently, and I think that's something that I want to change, and race when you're not ready. Maybe, probably not in a steeplechase because, you know, there's a higher risk factor there. But when you're just training all the time, there's so many personal factors that get in the way. And racing is kind of like the only true indicator to test your fitness versus if you're working out before work, how can, is that a right justification of like what fitness you're actually in? Yeah, I, I love racing. If anything, I've tried to work with my coach on like racing less this year. And maybe it's just me. But no, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I mean, I th I, that's the thing though. Is like I think the fear, the fear for me at least, is always like, if I'm racing when I'm not potentially in the shape to PR, like, am I gonna get, like, am I is the reality kind of become of like, oh well, this is the part where I'm just still slower, for life than I used to be, you know? Hey. It's always the, you know, you see people, and God love them, because I don't, I don't know how they do it, but, um, you know, there, there are people, especially as now, as people are staying professional later in their careers, who are just consist, you know, kind of consistently running at a lower level than they used to, but they still find reward and value in doing it, even if they're in a different place. And I, I, I get it, but I'm also, like, afraid of it. You know, <laughs> and I think there's two two uh, you know paths that we're talking about too. It's like one is like Leo Manzano is still getting out there, not breaking for, still with Hoka, and then what we're talking about is maybe showing up to a race, running an 800, and then also finding three other aspirational friends of yours to run like a four by four, and then you have like when you leave that day, you are more fit. And if you have that kind of pinnacle race in mind, just like reverse engineer it and go run a bunch of four by fours and eight hundreds <laughs> and fifteen hundreds in a, a slow heat and I'd run a four by four in a minute. That would be so fun. Man, the distance four by four in, in high school especially was like my my favorite thing and something that I never excelled at. But I want to put together uh, like an eight hundred because it's like one of those things. I'm like, oh, I don't want to burn a weekend on 
like just racing an 800 but I I think it would be fun to like run an all out 8 and just see like I've doubled I doubled back to one last year and my training partner Seth is training for Boston he did an 800 this past week yeah weekend. you know it's like the king it's fun of to mix spicing up. things up maybe we'll have to put together a like tracksmith heartbreaker Dual me. 800 dual me. <laughs> I would be 100% on board for that. That would be fun. Following uh, following that would be a beer mile. Beer mile. Speaking of, all right. Uh, <laughs> that actually comes into uh, one of our other topics. Well, first off, do you have any good gimmick miles? I've been asking people this lately. Like, if you come up with a silly way to run a mile that is going to catch on and be the next Blue Jeans mile. You know what? Maybe the naked mile. Those, those are a thing. Naked mile. I... I we definitely did not do any naked running in college. No, I'm just kidding. We, we had, like, one loop that we would do, like, naked because it was in the trails for, like, <laughs> once, about once a year. I um, mean, Dartmouth but, literally would isolate ourselves four hours almost in Maine in the middle of nowhere. There yeah. was nudity to be had. Nudity to be had. Um, naked running comes with its, uh, you know, advantages and disadvantages. Ours was kind of more naked tanning. That works too. I think that might be the. It's not a mile, but that would no. be. I wonder what the, the world record in the naked mile is. That would be. That would be good to know. Uh, maybe I guess like uh, you could go like the opposite direction and like the you could do like a snowsuit mile, <laughs> like a full snow pants, ski jacket, as many layers like, as possible. Yeah. You got a good one, Cole. Man, I uh, whoever came up with the beer mile really took mine because if there's two things that that I think I'm decent at. It's drinking beer and, and running a mile. So I'm a pretty simple guy. There you go. What's your what's your stance on like balancing the, the drinking and the racing? Oh man, I, I might be the wrong person to listen to on this, but I mean even in, in college, like I would always room with a guy, his name's Austin Hendricks, and we would always smuggle one beer a piece in our in our travel bags because we would watch HBO drink a beer the night before uh, a race and it wouldn't have mattered if it was conferences or first rounds or whatever it's I think it it's more important I think to get sleep I think drinking a beer and getting quality sleep is a lot better than you know say having a dry season and constantly having your nerves keep you up at night the night before a race and I mean a guy I ran in college with he actually placed last at pre-nats because he found out that Galen Rupp was in the race and he just could not fall asleep because he just didn't know, he didn't want to get embarrassed by Galen when truly you're not going to beat him. But instead, Galen gets first and then my friend gets last. And so once I saw that happen, I'm like, whoa, like I will never be put in that, in that silo. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with that. I've always joked that, like, my ideal going out scenario is, like, you st- start drinking around 7 or 8, and then, like, you're in bed by 11 or 12, yeah. and it's the, it's the best of both worlds, you know? Dana, do you got uh, any perspective on the? Yeah, I think <laughs> I, my, like, freshman and sophomore year were just, just nothing I would tell people to do. All I got away with a lot more than we should have with the drinking and running. Uh, but I think uh, junior and senior year was more about like when I do go out, I want to make sure it's with people that I love and care about. So Dartmouth has a really weird social scene in general. So you're 
in fraternities, and there's not a lot of... You're, you're in a fraternity? Well, you're like, that's where you go. I was in a sorority, actually. There you um, go. But it was mostly athletes. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting dynamic there. I think I'm def- I'm probably the opposite of Cole, where I don't, like, I don't really ever have alcohol in my house. It's not something that I feel as if I need to go home to every day, but I kind of enjoy saving it for, like, for going bigger and having a good time. But now... It seems more of a reward or an end of season thing, or with you and your, with your family over a holiday. Uh, I mean, that might just be a Boston thing where yeah. I don't really have a lot of fun at a sports bar with a ton of Patriots fans getting well, wasted. Well, that's weekend. fair. I'm all about the house party, as you know, having been both of you having <laughs> been to my house for several. Uh, I have to say, you weren't there freshly, but Ken Ross, uh, Ken Ken Ross. New Year's was oh. probably... Sore subject. We bring this up on mic. <laughs> yeah. I have to say it was my favorite New Year's ever, though, because there was no expectations, and we all just got so silly by ourselves and ruined Lou's <laughs> calendar. His beautiful... No days Tracks off. With no days off calendar, which I, I do feel kind of bad about, but at the time, it was probably the funniest part of the evening of, like... Scratching off your birthday. I, I oh no, that. you did not. It was me. Oh no. I blame Kate. <laughs> oh no. I do love that. Like I, I even You can get another one. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> when we were in college it was always like you know, it's like there was like the bar scene, but especially if you're on the team, like not everyone's twenty one and it's like, you know, not quite what you wanna do. And then like there's the, there's Greek life at Cornell, but again that's like shitty for other reasons and so I was always just a big proponent, like ever, basically, like since I've graduated high school, like I'm I'm the come to me person, you know. It's like that I don't have to put on pants on. Like you just come to my mm-hmm. house, we'll hang out with the people I love. Like that's all I need in life. Definitely um, support that. The the high key low key hang, you know. Yeah, we like to do a lot of like after the travel meets. We're definitely lobby hotel lobby hangout people or. Uh, back to nudity. <laughs> we one time on a cool down streaked the lawn at UVA. So really? Just you know, you had if you're training all the time, three seasons, and it just wears you down. You got to add some fun. You got to let loose. Got to be a little weird. We would always. Cornell was weird for many reasons, but we always had uh, shower records for a joke. Is uh, how many people you could fit in one shower. Um, usually all men, because the girls never... They were always invited, but they didn't join for whatever reason. But we would, like... Maybe their like, key card didn't work. Yeah. Well, no, we would... So in our house, <laughs> like, in our house in college, we'd have, like, a stall, like... Like, the second floor was not even, like, a shower tub. Like, it was just a stall shower. And, uh, when I was there, I believe the record was seven. Um, and wow. then the year after I graduated, I believe it was bumped up to nine, um, by holding, I think literally people were held above their heads, so, um, yeah, I think, uh, knowing, knowing them, there was probably Stone Cold Sober, too, it's just, that definitely finding ways to let loose in creative ways is definitely appreciative. Um, well, before we move on to our game, uh, this might be a little controversial, we can cut some stuff out if anyone discloses anything, but it's Valentine's Day week. Um, and I think one of the things, talking about, like, trying to balance everything, running in relationships, relationships with runners, relationships with non-runners, um, 
Dana, you are a, a single person, and Cole, you are living with a living. person. Yes, yes, um, I am. So <laughs> hopefully, you have a lot of uh, different perspectives to bring to the table. You can pretend like Megan isn't here right now. Oh, actually, now she's sticking around to hear this se- <laughs> this segment of the of the podcast. Um, what do you got? Oh man, I so you know I've been out of college like you know seven or eight years, and so I would say that. Once Megan and I moved in together in Albany last year, my weekly mileage went from 20 to 50, and now from 50 to over 70. And I think that's a, I, I, I do think that's a combination of 80% Megan and then 20% FOMO on Strava <laughs> and needing to make sure that everyone in the, the Strava world uh, sees that I'm actually running every day now and um, this is why I'm not on Strava. <laughs> yeah, it's no, but but like that weighted eighty percent with her though. It's she's up at five fifteen. She's the one looking at me like, "Are you really gonna make me run by myself?" And the obligatory, "No, I'm not." And so you know, I would say that um, without her, I would probably be back to sports bars and twenty miles a week. <laughs> Have you have you long dated runners, or, or, or is that new to you? Uh, you know, I've I've dated two other people in a, in a more long-term way and one was a runner um but I, I just didn't have the um you know I was like living on the road as well with my my career so mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of a third dimension of being on the road you know whether you're dating a runner or not if you're not present so now I have a great we have a great Megan and I have a great ritual that you know now includes running daily so I'm I'm extremely grateful for that nice Jenny you notoriously don't date runners Notoriously, notoriously to me. Yeah, no, I, I haven't dated a runner. I think, I mean, in school you spend so much time with the same people, traveling, and uh, we would eat dinner every single night together at the like the uncool side of the cafeteria, the light side versus the dark side. There was literally <laughs> one side that was darker and had wooden tables, and then there was one with fluorescent bright lighting, and that's where we sat in this long table. And it's just a lot, it's a lot of time with people and I really valued my relationships with them, but I, you, I felt like I leaned on my friends and needed them in a different way. And I definitely got into some tricky situations a couple of times and I realized like, oh, I really need you as a friend and not in a romantic way. And sometimes you get caught up in the moment and I think my relationships with those people are stronger now because of that because it would it would have just been like a brief something that wouldn't have lasted a long time and now I'm kind of at the point in my life where we just all really don't have time for shitty relationships yeah uh, I always say running is my boyfriend which is like the saddest (laughs) sentence in the world (laughs) yeah but Um. I'm not looking to have a relationship where someone doesn't respect what I do and like definitely running is something that I would like them to appreciate and understand but they don't they don't have to be in the world of it and honestly sometimes I think it's kind of nicer when there's there are so many other things to talk about mm-hmm. and that's one that I need I need to kind of separate the parts of my life because I get overwhelmed when everything I, I work for Reebok mm-hmm. so I'm talking about running all the time so and I, I really do love it but sometimes I'm like whoa what if I did break my leg and I couldn't run how would that affect yeah. me? 
Because you'd be around it all day anyways. Around it all day, and then mm -hmm. dating a runner, so... Who's ex who is PRing and having amazing races, and That's, then you're just yeah. the sounding board for someone's, like, fantastic, um, you know, achievements, and you're like, That's great, I'm so happy for you, but... Like, I've seen that be really hard as the one person running well, one person running poorly. I think that's that's a real test of a running relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's really that's hard to see with your teammates, and it's, and it's hard, I think, especially in the running context, in the relationship context too. I, I there's some couples that you guys are definitely one of them that hold it all. <laughs> yeah, I think if you, you know, it's like if it's the right situation, if it's the right fit, it makes it you make it work. Um, I dated a teammate. Um, which was great and enjoyed it and definitely like the epitome of like literally like someone to run, someone to train with essentially. Um, we have the same 1500 PR to the hundredth of the second. Wow. That's <laughs> um, crazy. But, uh, same race? No. Um, but I had, you know, also I feel like I have both ends of the spectrum because I also haven't dated anyone since and, and part of that is because running has taken such a central I'm open to it, you know? I'm open to everything. Yeah. I think Living life, li loving, learning. You know, I think it's it's tough. I don't know. I, I, I try to justify it to myself. It's just like nothing good is ever forced. Whatever happens is going to happen. I totally agree. That the second you stop looking for someone, something comes in. But it's such a cliche, but it's... So it's so true. Well, and I think both run running and relationships. Like, happy people are fast runners. And happy people are good yeah. partners. And orphans you know? make you happy. Happy people just don't kill their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Amen. And you can't swim with a perm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was living in Michigan, and I was on my way to New York City. And I stopped in Albany. I downloaded Tinder. I met Megan. Found out she was an amazing runner. Moved in with her six months later. And then we both, you know, continued our lives together, you know, deciding to move here for, you know, for When I so heard this story, it's, I was... It's, it's 100% fact You should clarify, you, you literally were, you weren't stopping anywhere, you were driving through I, New York. But there was, a, there was like a spring snowstorm, so I, um, my previous job, I called our account manager, and I'm like, um, you know, I've been driving in this snowstorm, I'm just going to stop here. Here ended up being Albany. I, I physically, like downloaded it that day i met with her maybe two hours later like like swiped right on her and she uh, luckily she swiped right on me uh you know in that same time frame and and then honestly like we met the following week and i was like holy moly that's like, a true modern romance do you believe in love at first sight i, I would say the following monday when we met because i told her I was driving back through Albany, which is not on the way back to Michigan. Um, <laughs> so I took a two-hour detour back to see her, and... Aww. Wait, it, no, tell the part about the denim. That's the best oh part my of the gosh. story. So I, I love wearing just monochromatic stuff, whether it's like color, material, or whatever. And so I was wearing jeans, boots, and then this tucked-in chambray shirt from J. Crew. She, on the other hand, had brown boots, and a chambray, uh, like dress from J. Crew. I'm like, this. Our tops are legitimately the exact same textile. You have to picture Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears oh, with the full man. Canadian Cut from the same. I know, man. I was, oh, I was gonna say that too. I'm like, ah, yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> oh boy. But oh. yeah, man. I, I. 
it happens every which way. I, I don't know. I'm, I, again, very weird situation, but I was, like, friends with my last boyfriend for three years before we dated, so, you know, whatever works, I guess, yeah. is, like, the... I'm a firm believer in some people are meant to stay in your life for a long time and others just make an appearance. Yeah. So the relationships you have now in this fleeting moment of whatever's going on in your life are going to be different tomorrow. They're going to be different in a year. And I think it takes a lot more effort when you're out of school to maintain those relationships. And I mean, my friends after this can probably speak up, but I, I try pretty hard to keep I mean, up I, with those. I'm in the same... Anyone who knows me knows that, like, the, the role dogs are very important to me. Like, I I'm, I'm, feel very strongly about, like, staying in very close touch with, like, the people I love. And I think, sometimes I do think that that gets in the way of, like, romantic relationships. Because I have such a great group of, like, friends who are, like, family to me. But <laughs> You're full. Yeah. You don't need more friends. No, it's just like it, I've definitely had like situations like I like especially in college like with the team and like you start like hanging out with someone who's like new or like not on the team and like like oh you're okay but like would I rather like go on a date with you or just like literally sit on my couch with the same people I've always sat on my couch with for the last three years and like at least at the time and and maybe that's just a sign that you know it's not the right person but it's always easier to like. You know, it's like the the friends that become your family is a lot of times like yeah. just as just as important. Um, I would say you, one of my flaws about that is I'm a pretty forward person, and I'm definitely in the point right now where I don't have, as I said, I don't have time for shitty relationships. So I think that's good. It's efficient. You know, it's efficient. But I think sometimes that's something I need to work on. Is a lot of people are not used to that. All right, what are we doing? All right. Yeah. Do you do you want to go on a date with me, or can I just move on to the next thing? Because I don't really have time. That's and, always nice. And like the sh- shitty relationships too. It's like both romantically and for your friends too. Like you're not going to invite someone over to sit on the same couch as you for th- three years if they're not just cohesive with with everyone else too. Like I feel like all three of us, we're not going to invite someone that doesn't fit the culture of like who else is in the room because you don't want to have that if they make you uncomfortable then you're they're gonna make everyone else uncomfortable too and the dynamic can just get be ruined overnight that's a big thing for me is like any any relationship is gonna have to like they're gonna have to join squad they don't take the place of squad like yeah it's step which is i think is intimidating for people sometimes but it definitely too. Well, and again, if it's the right person, it's like, you know, you have to realize that if, if something is going to work out the right way, they need to fit in. I'm always very skeptical of people who, like, partition off their relationships from the rest of their social life. If you can't learn to, like, hang out with your girlfriend and hang out with your friends at the same time, that says something about your relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but anyways, we're like we're gonna all be late for work, <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, quickly move into our game. Um, so this is a uh, would you rather? Everyone knows how this works, um, but they're vaguely themed around sort of the sacrifices, trade offs we make being elite athletes and and working people. Um, would you rather never drink beer again or never eat dessert again? Cool. Oh, I can leave dessert at the door for the rest of my life, I think. 
you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll leave the beer at the door. Dang. I love wine, so... Alright, fair. If it was never drink wine again? Yeah, I think I'd probably give up dessert for that one. Really? I see. I, I'm such a... I've, I've been raised on, like, sweets. Like, my mom is a big baker. I, I've sort of become a big baker since leaving the house, and I could easily give up drinking if, if it meant... If the other option was giving up sugar, but I'd probably be uh, a little faster, a little bit thinner if that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a new study every day about each one, so yeah, I mean, believe true. nothing. Um, would you rather have to stay up every night until three or wake up every morning at five? Wake up every morning at five. Interesting. I do the same. I'm only I'm waking up at five fifteen every day anyway. <laughs> You're so practically like, there. I will give those. You're 15 like I've made minutes. that decision I can in my do real that. life. Yeah, I I'm a night person. But I also get, like, very, t- like, grumpy and tired. So as much as I, like, am not a morning person, I would probably actually pick that, too. I kind of really fall apart when I'm tired and need at least nine hours of sleep not to have horrendous <laughs> eye bags under my eyes. Nine hours? Yeah. Dang. I go to bed so early. Dang. Good for you, honestly. I'm, yeah. That's, I'm jealous. I have horrendous eye bags because I can't hang. <laughs> I was um, I, I was that little kid who would fall asleep like in their food. I would get so It's a curse. Oh, it's a curse. No, it's you don't a want this. Uh, would you rather work seven days a week, eight hours a day, or five days a week, 12 hours a day? Five 12 hour days. Five 12s. You need that weekend. Oh, man. It's like, I don't, my friends who work in like retail or who work in non traditional jobs, like, I don't know how you do it. It's just. But you, you read like pretty. That's a long work week. Yeah, and you know, it's like either way, it's a long. You know, it's like the same, roughly the same amount of time. But I, I just definitely would need those like full days to like. Yeah, I'm the opposite of you, where I can't really commit to running at a certain same time of the day. Whereas if I work out early on Tuesday morning, I kind of need the af- to wait till like the afternoon and have that full over 24 hour recovery. Yeah. So I'm not doing the same thing every single day. So it, it's a little hard for consistency's sake. Mm-hmm. I do that too. Is that I'm not a consistent morning runner or evening runner, which is annoying. I wish I was, but it's much easier when it's you know light at That's the true. tail ends yeah. of the day. And right. to the the five hour like the five days at twelve hours a piece, they'd have to be five days in a row because if you break up that two day weekend to like Monday Saturday, like I might switch my answer to that. <laughs> um, Dana, this is specifically for you. <laughs> Um, would you rather never go skiing again or never go to the beach again? All right. Two things okay. on this question. One, I, all my best friends, not all of them, a lot of my best friends from school were on the ski team at Dartmouth, and I didn't ski for four years at Dartmouth. So that goes back to my not saying no thing. <laughs> and my parents met skiing, and I skied so much growing up, so it was definitely a big thing I didn't do at school. And I always get that, you're going to get injured if you keep going. And I, you know what? I commit a little bit more to running, that will be the first thing to go. But does this never go to the beach again? I mean, what about boats, like on the water? Um, yeah, let's say you can't go, you can't go, like Falmouth is like off the table. You know what, I, by skiing, if I can't be on a boat in the sunshine in the middle of summer, like my gross national happiness is gone. <laughs> That's, I, I actually don't particularly care for skiing, so that would, that would be an easy thing for me. Cole? Um, I, I redid a sailboat in, in high school, so I also love to be on the water. There you go. It's Mount, there, mountain people and ocean people. There's kinds. not much more joy in the world, though, than power to our day. 
powder day, I just want to say. Really? I just, I don't like being cold. Like, um, it's not. Hey, you gotta get yourself the right outfit. That's like half the battle. Yeah. All right. It's uh, expensive. Last one. Would you rather be totally abstinent for five years or vegan gluten free for five years? I'm a, I'm a big carnivore, but I think I could try being vegan gluten free. You know, at least that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, like you're healthier, you're living longer, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I'm drinking red wine on the side, at least, and then being vegan gluten-free. Yeah, I think you could definitely miss out on some relationships there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I see, even I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, like, like, current life is, like, pretty abstinent, so I feel like you just keep it rolling, you know? But <laughs> um, I guess it depends on what you're abstaining from in terms of, like, I mean, I'm 24 in five years. Who knows how my life would be? That means, like, if you're really thinking about it, like, you couldn't have a kid if that's the way your life took a turn to. Yeah. I think it's different for a woman, too. That's true. I was just thinking Not of, saying like, I want a kid in five years. If you're abstaining from, like, solo sessions as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it a little that, more a difficult totally... question for me. Yeah. But, hmm. um, glad that's on the record. You Defining. Know. Maybe go to a Catholic cool. school. Oh, man. I, uh, so Megan, my girlfriend, is, uh, she has celiac. So we already live a gluten-free life other than like talking about me drinking beer a lot. And stuff. <laughs> um, but also going vegan, I, I've been considering it. Uh, so this would just push me to make that decision like tomorrow. I think I could like flip the switch pretty quickly. This is such a like like such a motivational like everyone's like maybe I'm just gonna do this. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I the red meat thing. If I don't like, yeah, the amount of times that I've been here at Chacksmith and gone to Shake Shack after is pretty. High. Ditto. I'm in the same boat. Um, all right, let's this this been a fun one. This been this been like a very candid, real episode. I like it. Um, you know, we get real. Finish it off strong with the big three. We get the uh, same. Same three questions, end of the week for every guest. Uh, let's do Cole, Dana, David. Um, what is your Instagram crush right now? Does not have to be a person. Ooh, so I just started at a HubSpot two weeks ago, and there's an office dog named Taco. So the it's, he's a uh, French bulldog, and he has his own Instagram called hi.im.taco. So that's my Instagram crush right now. My go-to karaoke song is Aaron Carter, That's How I Beat Shaq. Mm. And then my death row meal would totally not be vegan, even <laughs> if I, I chose to be vegan for five years. I think it would be, um, there's a little place in the west side of Chicago called Luba Cafe, and I would have their their spaghetti and meatballs. Nice. Yep. You jumped the gun, did all three at once. Oh, man, I thought this was... I no, it's okay, we can, we can lightning <laughs> round it. Okay, lightning round. Instagram crush, I really hope I'm not stealing yours, David. Right. But I have been, you know... Full Olympics. I am the, the huge Olympic junkie. You might be stealing mine. <laughs> and we can have the same one. Yeah. Adam Rippon is okay. amazing. <laughs> he is so funny. And I was actually talking to David about this. If anyone doesn't know, he's a U.S. male figure skater. Incredibly talented. Phenomenally funny. And has a really great background story, too. One of those, like, Boris Barian type was super poor. Worked his way up. Committed, dedicated. I think I respect those people more than anything. But... Also, so funny, and he had an Instagram story at the Olympics where it was almost when he's like, it's almost midnight, it's Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day 
to my body. <laughs> he's so awesome. funny. So I don't I don't know if you said this. So he's like the he was the first openly gay um, Olympic athlete for the U.S. or something. Um, there's yeah, something like two. you have to like qualify. Well, but he was like the first one to qualify. But mm. um, oh, yeah. it's so funny. It's like a weird cultural divide because literally last night. He's definitely, he, he's going to be my Instagram crush this week too, but literally last night, Lewis was like, you know this guy, like, Adam Rapon, like, he does skating? I'm like, in my world, um, everyone has, has been obsessed with him for the last, like, seven weeks, so it's interesting that this is, like, a, you know, the straight culture late to the game, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's been, like, uh, my buddy Brian, who I'm sure will not listen to this, uh, has been, like, DMing me, like, everything that he posts every day for the last, like, and month. And he actually had a really, to take a little political step back, an interesting interaction with Mike Pence, too, so it's definitely... Uh, pretty cool that he's ex- like really leaning into this Olympic Games time period and not the choking under pressure. So just being yeah, he's, absolutely well, also fuck Mike Pence because like it's like ruining his Olympic experience. But he's been awesome and standing up for what he believes in and, and being authentically himself, which is which is nice. Um, Go to karaoke song for me. I have to say, living on a prayer. I like. Not having too high of notes and songs that everyone knows the words to. Jer- Jersey Girl. That's the, yeah. you know, you're staying true to your roots. Yep. And then Death Row Meal, I think. You know if you go to like a really nice steakhouse and they have the sides come in the different dishes. So with the steak just comes on the plate. So really thick, juicy steak. And then some garlic mashed potatoes. The kind of like whipped ones that are a little crispy on top. And... Um, Nice fat Malbec glass of red wine and some some broccoli in there. It's kind of like have the whole bottle, you know. You're gonna go. <laughs> if I'm gonna go, I think you know death row meal. I want to be practically sedated at the end of that, anyways. <laughs> I like it. I'll, I'll stick with your Instagram crush. My go-to karaoke song this week. Uh, I'm singing in the car on the way here. Um, you ought to know Alanis Morissette. Wow, that's good. A classic. I was trying to do the like nasally voice because that's also fun it's as well I won't do it on mic <laughs> um, and death row meal uh, I'm, I'm thinking crepes like I, I'm a big crepe person anytime I see like a crepe restaurant I always drag all my friends to it Boston needs a good crepe restaurant I made a couple weeks ago I think it was two weekends ago I literally made crepes for lunch and then made them again for dinner <laughs> so that's where we're coming from so you're so. just saying pancakes no, 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 crepes. Very, very thin, yeah. eggy pancakes. Thin, yeah, <laughs> they're they're you can put toppings on them. It's a very different thing. Right. I I'm, I like crepes far more than I like pancakes. Are you a sweet or savory crepe sweet. guy? Sweet. Oh, see, I'm all right. You know, and I get the savory appeal, but the problem is, like, if I ever if I get a savory crepe, then I want a sweet crepe after. So it's like, do I commit to two or do I just have one? There's uh, a crepery in uh, Coolidge Corner that does a cannoli crepe. It's like ricotta filling and it's the most amazing thing in the world. And it's like filling for a sweet crepe too, so you're like ready to roll. Uh, it almost counts as a full meal. All right, well thank you, Cole, thank you for being here. Dana, thank you for being here. Yeah. It's been a good episode. We got real real and I, I am real. honored to have you, you know, here with us. We're all trying to figure it out and I think- we're Trying if, to figure it out together. If anyone says I've got it all pieced together. Maybe just for that day. I know, or they, or they just might be lying to you. All right. Well, Maybe. thank you, thank you to Tracksmith for hosting us here. Thank you to Hearth Baking Co. and 
and Taylor for her delicious breakfast. Um, we are going to be back here next week um, with a HEPs preview. Um, should be fun. But uh, in the back. meantime, I've been Dave Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. <laughs>